we don't know how to take care of ourselves, we can't expect other people to know how to take care of us. You know what I mean? There's nobody who knows what we need better than ourselves. So you got to learn what that is. And then you show others. You know, hey, I need you. Yeah. Uh. I lay on the scale. You got to glow. You got to glow. You got to glow. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get the Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode, I have Drea, who is an author and a podcast host. She hosts the podcast Conversations with Drea, which you can find out more information by clicking the link in the description below. Hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. It's a pleasure. Nice. So, like every um, episode starts, what would your origin story be and how would you like to represent it? All right. So, my name is Andrea Monroe Colima, but you and the listeners can call me Drea. Um, I have a podcast called At Conversations with Drea. I'm also a writer. Um, I write books. And within this pandemic, I developed a love for writing children's stories. So, I'm really excited about that. And, um, and I have an exciting Brooklyn kids back to school drive that I'm really excited about. So with regards to my origin story, I would say I've been working in the child welfare um, industry for the last 10 years or so. And I've had the privilege of working with children and families who are going through crisis, right? And this insight gave me a real um, idea of what's going on with children and families in our community. I mean, there are so many things going on that you wouldn't believe. And just the kind of person that I am, I'm always trying to find ways to, to help. You know, if we don't do it for our community, then who's going to do it? You know, um, I think my niche is little girls and grown up little girls like myself who have, you know, come from humble beginnings and have experienced things like trauma and has evolved to kind of find her place in this world. And um, however I can contribute to letting little girls and grown up little girls know how beautiful they are, how powerful they are, how loved they are already, then that is what I'm going to do. I must say the only thing I have to get over is my uh, shyness at times, but I'm so passionate about this that I am always striving to push myself, you know, beyond that boundary. Got it, got it. And how would you represent it? Would you make a, would you write a book yeah. about your story? Would you make a movie? Would you make a TV show? <laughs> I actually wrote a book about my story it's actually called the emergence and it talks about coming from a place of trauma depression and then finding myself um you know finding my identity in god and just knowing that i'm loved already and not having to look outside of myself for love and validation from other people and so i thought to myself how do i translate that to children because it's really important to kind of capture them when they're young and so that's when I had the idea of writing 
children's books and you see them, you know, I want to implant with very um, important life lessons. And um, even though they are seeds that I'm providing, I'd like to partner with the parents who read these books to kind of make the connection between the characters and the message, the deeper message um, within the story. So for example, the story of the blackbird is about a, a beautiful blackbird who falls down and hurts herself while flying. And, you know, someone scoops her up, puts her in a cage, she mends, and then she is all of a sudden terrified by the fear of flying, right? And then uh, this individual who helps her says to her, you know, you were not meant to be caged up in this way. You were meant to soar in this life. And on the surface, it looks like a regular children's book about a bird, but, um, you know, figuratively speaking, it's about our children and the things that they're going to encounter in life. They're going to fall down sometimes. They're going to get hurt. But I want them to know that they can get back up again. I want them to know that they were created to soar and be successful in this life. And so that's where I need the parents to kind of read the stories to them and kind of make that connection so that it resonates with them, you know, throughout their years in life. Got it, got it. Mm -hmm. So let's start with writing first. So what kind of really got you into writing? Because for a lot of people, writing could be a very daunting task. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I've, as long as I've known myself, I've loved to write um, since I was a little girl. Mostly um, it's poetry that I write. You know, that's what I started with. Poetry is my first love language. Um, as I mentioned, I'm very shy. So I found it to be very therapeutic to write everything down. And I have a love for language. So I'm always talking, you know, in figurative language. And then one day, one of my mentors, uh, Master Garth Benz, read some of my stuff and he was like, you know, you should publish this. And so, you know, he mentored me through that. And I published my first book back in what, 2007. It was a book of poetry called within the mask. And that's where I talked about, you know, battles with depression, you know, love, this, that, the other. And from there, it's just been kind of progressing. Nice, nice. And then what you're writing, do you, are you intentional with your writing? Like you have a goal that you want to reach with like the words or is it more of like free flowing? Um, I would definitely say it's intentional, right? So, um, I want to share who I am, what I have been through, and the fact that I have evolved from it or come out of it so that those who can relate, those who are going through similar things like I did in my past, that they know that they can also get through things and that they are not alone, you know, because I'm just me. And if I can do it, then anybody else can. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So then, with being creative, what kind of your approach to being creative? Do you draw from? What kind of? What's like your creative um style, like? My creative style. Yeah. Hmm, that's an interesting question. You know, I've never really thought about that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I draw from so many things. You know, um, whether it's Les Brown, Miles Monroe, Oprah, uh, individuals in my family. Um, 
spoken word artists, um, motivational speakers, you know, um, I don't know. I've never really kind of put myself in a box. I, I think that's probably because I'm still kind of defining myself, you know, defining what it is that I, that I do. Um, I just know that everything that I do comes from a place of love and, um, and sincerity and just wanting to serve however I can. I, that's definitely my mission and my purpose. Got it. Mm-hmm. Then I asked that because like, I was speaking to one of my people who's a past guest. He was like, who kind of inspires you? And I said, nobody, because I kind of just like create from just whatever comes to my head. He was like, find that person so you can learn more about yeah stuff like that yeah definitely i definitely find that it's helpful to have people that we can look up to and say hey but at the same time it's good for us to maintain our own individuality you know and so i'm definitely trying to find that now i don't want to be like anybody else i want to be just drea you know because i think the more sincere you are the more people can, you know, feel you and connect with you instead of trying to be um, someone else, if that makes sense. Yeah, because T-Pain had that rant, that revival about everybody being the same. Everybody should be yeah. something different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as you know, I have um, a podcast, Conversations with Drea, not unlike yourself. <laughs> um it's been a journey so far, you know, um, as I told you, I'm very shy and <laughs> now I understand the reluctance of people that I asked to be on the show because every time I ask them to be on the show, they're like nervous and scared. I'm like, ah, oh, no, it's no big deal. Now you've got me in the hot seat so I can, you know, definitely understand their reluctance. But, um, I just think it's important to have the kind of conversations that, you know, benefit others, you know, um, so if anybody's interested on in being on my podcast, please hit Zeke up or hit me up um, because I would love to talk to you. I definitely want to talk about um, things concerning little girls and growing up little girls like myself. And then with the podcast, what kind of made, what kind of inspired you to start the podcast? So what else you want to talk about, Zeke? So like with the podcast, so. I think you froze. Did you freeze? Froze? Yeah. We're back? Mm-hmm. Cool. So what kind of inspired yeah, you did. to start? It's okay. I can hear you. Yes, there you are. <laughs> what kind of inspired you to start the podcast? Okay, good question. So within my 10 years of experience working in the child welfare industry, I realized that there was a lot happening to children, but specifically girls and their mothers that was not really being talked about. Like there's a tremendous amount of domestic violence going on in our community and you really don't hear about it that much. And it really spiked a lot during the pandemic. You know, the cycle of abuse and, and it, it's just heartbreaking to see certain things like that. Um, sexual abuse of, of little kids, girls, it's still like so prevalent um, in our community as well as mental health. I'm a big advocate of mental health. 
And I don't feel, you know, obviously there's a big disparity between what um, our community has access to. Um, but I think that we also have to address the fact that it's still seen as taboo in our community. And I think that we need to have more conversations about it so we know that it's okay if you need help to get help. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you need therapy or you need medication, but it could be, you know, reaching out to someone, you know what I mean? Who can hear you out and, um, you know, help you go through what you're going through. And, um, yeah, so that's what inspired the podcast. And I'm, I'm hoping to have some more conversations about, um, deep topics like that. Not, not only that, entrepreneurs like i'm fascinated by entrepreneurs like yourself who you know are, are out there grinding and doing what they have to do i, I want to have more conversations with individuals like that because it inspires me that's who i want to become you know a successful entrepreneur and not just someone who's clocking a nine to five you know what i mean so if you're out there guys <laughs> get in contact with me <laughs> And then with that, before we continue different, so how does your shyness come out in the podcast or are you dealing, are you like able to manage that? I think it does, I guess, because I can feel what I'm going through, but most people, they're like, oh, you're not shy. (laughs) They don't see it, but I can feel it. You know, I do have the ability to, I guess, put on, as you say, airs to kind of mask it. My mom used to always say the show must go on. No matter what you're feeling inside, the show must go on. If you're fearful, you get out there and you do it anyway. So there are times when I'm relaxed and there are times when I'm nervous. Um, Like right now, I'm nervous being in the hot seat. I don't know if it's apparent to you, but I can certainly feel it. But I am not going to allow that to stop me, you know, from being here, being present with you and getting the message out because, um, it's more important than my my shyness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me, I'm not really, I don't really like talking too much. Yeah. But I also know how to just talk when I need to, but like, depending on the situation. Yes, I saw on your, um, your Instagram, you refer to yourself as an omnivert, right? Yeah. I love that. I love that because I'm definitely an introvert and an extrovert when needed or in certain situations where I feel comfortable. Um, but mostly I'm, I'm a quiet person, you know, but you know what? Sometimes when it comes to what we want to do in life, we got to have to push past that. And I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to do it. So I've, I've made a commit my commitment to myself to post more, um, to talk more, and even if I don't have guests, to record more to get the message out. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about you? Does it does it impact your ability to um, record your podcast? Uh, in terms of recording the podcast, no, because I like talking and communicating with people. Well, like I like being around people. So if I'm around yeah. people, friends, I might be the quiet one, just watching and absorbing the um, essence of the. Yeah situation right but if need be i need to either take charge or i need to um say something mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be afraid to say it right oh yeah that's definitely me <laughs> <laughs> i may be shy but you know 
I can stand up for myself and speak and advocate for myself and my loved ones if need be. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. it's definitely situational. I feel okay. like it's just like um mm-hmm. my nature and my nurture together because like my nature is more people going, outgoing, and then my nurture is more of being um I guess like just being quiet and um just watching situations happen at first and then reacting. So yeah. pretty much like for sure those two. Yeah. That's a good thing to be, right? To kind of observe before you react. Because some people, as we know, you know, they just boom, they're reacting, and then there are all these dominoes that trickle down, you know, these consequences. So it's a good thing to observe before you react. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> And then I guess just hear my voice in the recording. I'm still trying to get used to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Tell me about it. <laughs> I never get used to that. I never get used to that. Sometimes I just play it in my car and I listen. So I try to hear what other people will hear, you know? Yeah. But it gets easier as it goes on. It gets easier. It, it sure does. But I love mm-hmm. it, though. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and you get to meet great people, right? I've seen yeah. some of your your um your posts. So you've had some pretty cool guests thus far. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Yeah. Then what else? Yes, let's talk about my Brooklyn kids back to school drive. Yes. yes. I'm so excited about this. So you know the pandemic has hit our communities very hard. And so there's been a lot of loss of work and and families are struggling and juggling between, okay, do I take the resources I have and buy food or do I pay the rent or do I pay this bill, you know? So um, as the coming school year um, approaches and it's gonna be at 100% um, capacity in New York City, they're opening up, right? Um, I know that um, parents are gonna need school supplies and uniforms and clothes you know, for their children. And so I have a GoFundMe. It's in the link in my bio at Conversations with Drea. Um, and I am collecting money to buy school supplies, uniforms, and clothing for children to take some of the burden off. You know, it's, it may not be a lot, but if I can take off a little bit of the burden off of the families in our community, then I feel like I've done something and I've always wanted to do something during the pandemic and I didn't know what to this. I'm really, really um, passionate about, really passionate about, and it's going to be in Brooklyn. Um, I got my first donation of a hundred dollars today. I'm super excited about that. Um, We're working on the venue and the date, but I know that um, charter schools start early August, public schools open early September So maybe around the first week of August, just to kind of make sure that everybody is covered. That's what I'm looking to do. So if anybody wants to donate to a cause, Brooklyn, Stand Up, Canarsie, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, East New York. I'm a Brooklyn girl. I work in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. So I am down to help my, my community, my kids. You know, and if you'd like to help, uh, check the link in my bio at Conversations with Drea. You remember Zeke, the first day of school when you had on your fresh clothes. (laughs) We used to say fresh in the 80s. Fresh clothes. I'm telling my age, you know, and your school supplies. I want kids to to feel comfortable, you know, their first, you know, um, 
day and week or whatever back to school. So I, I pray that people um, join me on this. And, and even if they can't donate money, if you want to stand by my side and help me give out um, the school supplies, you want to donate water, you want to show up and bring some sweets or whatever for the kids, you know, I would be, I'd be thrilled. So that's what I'm excited about. It's called the Brooklyn Kids Back to School Drive happening soon. Nice. I don't miss the days of needing school supplies, but people. Huh? What's school, that? I don't, I, don't, I don't miss the days when I needed school supplies, but school supplies are definitely <laughs> important. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. But I know as a mom that sometimes the kids have a list like this big of all the school supplies that they need to get. So I'm ready to help if I can. Nice. Yep. You know, definitely share it on my Instagram and everything. Yes, please do. Please do. I appreciate that very much. I appreciate it. Cool. So, let's go to work. So, in dealing with, like, these serious topics and everything, how do you kind of, like, manage that, like, that emotional uh, weight? Okay. <sighs> you know why? Stress used to be a big part of my life. I just transitioned from one job to another, all within the child welfare um, field. And the stress was really killing me, you know? And uh, there was a lot of what they call vicarious trauma, seeing families go through all this. It was affecting me every day. And I realized I had no time for me. I had no time for my, my children, you know, my life. And I discovered the importance of self-care. And I know that term is cliche, self-care, but it's so important. And that means to me, just taking time out, doing things that I love to do, you know, on my days off. I like to roller skate. <laughs> I like to ride a bike. You know, I like to go walking in the park. I love music. So put on my headphones and just kind of vibe out and tune out, you know, it means um, doing things, finding moments with my kids or enjoying. Um, for me, also, a big part for me, I'm spiritual. It means prayer and kind of leaning on God, you know, for the strength to, to get me through it. And, and I'm, I'm coming to a place of peace, you know, even within the storm of all that's going on in the world. I've definitely seen a drastic change. In, in how I handle stress and just so much going on. I lost an aunt recently and grieving and it's just definitely my, my faith has definitely helped me a lot in just practicing self-care in any, any, any form that I could think of. Even eating well, that's a form of self-care. So yeah, that's how I do it. Got it. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel that way with self-care over the couple of years. Everybody's like, let's just stop and take care of ourselves. Yes. You know, if you can't, if you don't take care of yourself, number one, who's going to do it for you? Number two, how can you take care of anybody else? You know? And there comes a point where you see that you're giving, giving, doing, 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 and you're like falling apart. You got to say, hold up for a second. I got to take care of me. You know, and it's not being selfish. It's, it's, it's just so important. It's just the way that it's supposed to go. 
you know, for a better quality of life. And it's working. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> I think kids do that like naturally where they don't want to do something. Yeah. You know, they don't feel comfortable with it. But like a lot of times parents don't understand like it's like they're doing self-care. It's more of like just do what I say. I didn't hear you that well. You were saying kids. Can you repeat that for me? I think kids, some kids do that naturally, like self-care when they kind of just oh, yeah. shy away from things, but then like parents don't understand. Oh, it. yeah. My daughter is, is, is infamous for that. <laughs> My daughter is infamous for that. She'll withdraw <laughs> from everybody and everything that's going on and find a little quiet, quiet place and just, you know, read or do something you know, that, that centers her. And she was a child who got a lot of anxiety, especially with the remote schooling and all that. And so she was like, oh, freak out, like right before school. And then she herself realized, okay, I'm going to get up a couple of hours earlier and I'm going to, she gets on her phone and she reads these uh, little stories or whatever and hear her laughing early in the morning, but it centers her and prepares her at a relaxed so that she can have a more productive day in school. So, yeah, I was so like uh, impressed by her, <laughs> and it and she taught me something, you know. So now when I get up for work in the morning, I get up early and I go sit down in the corner and I have my coffee and pray or listen to some motivational thing on YouTube, you know, that gets my mind right, my spirit right before I go out and face the day. And you. You wouldn't believe how helpful that is. So kids could definitely benefit from doing that as well. However, in whatever shape or form, they want to do it. It's all part of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Self-care. Self-care definitely needed. Yeah. If we don't know how to take care of ourselves, we can't expect other people to know how to take care of us. You know what I mean? There's nobody who knows what we need better than ourselves. So you got to learn what that is. And then you show others, you know, hey, I need time to myself. Yeah, Don't get me started. I could talk about this all day. Because <laughs> that TikTok was like when he first got to therapy, how he wanted to be so like a husband, a father, like a husband, father, worker. And then the therapist like, what about you? And then he kind of realized he kind of forgot, forgot about himself. Oh, I lost you. She's back. And... Yes, back? you do that. We, we, we do that. Yeah, we're back. Cool. I kind of caught the gist. You froze a little, but I caught the gist. Yeah, you said that he forgot about himself. He he realized he forgot about himself. We do that a lot, you know? And it's important that we have to learn to put ourselves first. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. School, I think that'd be a good time to stop a quick episode. So. Okay. Before we go, cool. last question is... I hope is, you got what you needed. <laughs> last question is, what would you name your origin story? Well, you named the book already, right? Yeah. Yes. So the three books on the back wall, The Butterfly, Who Will Alex Be, and The Blackbird are all available on Amazon.com. And um, 
You can follow me on Instagram at, at conversations with Drea. And in the bio, you can find links for the books. You can also find links for the back to school drive and you can find links to my podcast. So I hope you'll stop on by. Nice. Thank you for joining the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. It was such a joy to be here with you. I hope you'll do me a favor and be a guest on mine. Yes. Anytime. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to hold you to that. Cool. All right. And then. That brings another episode of the Let's Get Podcast to a close. Again, you can find out more information about Conversation with Drea by clicking the link in the description below. For next week, I have my friend Demi to speak about financial freedom and religion. Hope you can unite today, and I hope to see you there.